The EAA is one of the world's biggest organizations for aviation enthusiasts, and it was founded right here in Milwaukee 70 years ago this week. The EAA is perhaps best known for its museum in Oshkosh and its annual Air Venture Festival. The world's largest gathering of its kind. The world's largest gathering of its kind. Dick Napinski is the director of communications for the EAA, and he joins me now to talk about it. Dick, thank you so much for being here on Lake Effect. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So I I think when I heard the full name of the organization, the Experimental Aircraft Association, it it almost sounded foreboding, a little dangerous. When we say the term experimental aircraft, what does that actually mean? <laughs> yeah, experimental is a term used by the Federal Aviation Administration as a classification for people who build their own airplanes. And in other uses as well, and it is a little bit of a misnomer、uh, when you talk about experimental category aircraft. They're very often airplanes that are built from very standardized kits.、Uh, the, there are thousands of these particular models in the air. About a thousand new home-built aircraft that are put in the air every single year. So when this started to become something in the early 1950s,、uh, the FAA or its predecessor, the CAA at the time, really didn't have a place to put. This new classification of airplanes—it certainly wasn't a factory-built aircraft. It wasn't a military aircraft. It—it it wasn't、um, a research and development aircraft. It was an honest-to-goodness personal airplane that people built and flew. So, with a lack of any place to put it, they tucked it in the experimental category, and there it has stayed ever since. And hence, when a group of people who built their own airplanes got together in Milwaukee back in January of 1953, they started calling it the experimental air. Aircraft Association, but in the aviation world, it's it's known simply as EAA. Now we'll talk about the origins of the EAA in just a moment. But when we look at the folks who are members today, who's a member of this organization? Is it largely people who are building and flying their own planes? It is people who are interested in recreational aviation in all of its forms.、Uh, it could be people who build their own airplanes, and that really is、uh, the organization's legacy in a lot of ways. People who restore aircraft, people who simply fly aircraft, or those who simply love being around the idea of personal flight—that、uh, freedom that it gives a person, that ability to、uh, do what man has wanted to do for tens of thousands of years—and that soar with the birds. And in the past 120 years. We've been able to do that, and so the people who are EAA members are those who have a passion for flight, whether it's as a pilot, a builder, or maybe just a dreamer.、Uh, they're all part of the organization. Now, the EAA today has grown into a huge organization, but it has very humble origins. Can you tell us a bit about that story? It does have humble origins, right in the Milwaukee area, and that's part of the the fascinating story.、Uh, Paul Pobrezny, who is a was a Milwaukee native, grew up in the area, went to West Milwaukee High School, and、uh, grew up in that in that part of town. And when he got out of World War II and later the Korean War, where he was a veteran. Uh, he always had a fascination with flight, going back to his high school days when he was given a trainer glider by a, a history teacher, and Paul remanufactured it and put it together and went up for his first flight, being towed behind a car, and went up. and He always said he he learned very quickly to keep the nose 
up uh, because things otherwise go. And uh, so when he got back from the war, uh, he had been talking to a group of people who were informally building their own airplanes. He said, why don't we start an airplane club so we don't have to meet in people's garages and airplane hangars and so forth. So uh, they started a club on January 26th, 1953. There were about 35 people who came to what's now Timmerman Airport, the Grand Air Building at Timmerman Airport, then known as Curtis Wright Field on the northwest side of Milwaukee, and had that first meeting. They decided to call themselves the Experimental Aircraft Association, uh, had yearly dues of the princely sum of $5, and started right there. And it was a very humble beginning, but it quickly grew to include others throughout the country who heard about this and wanted to be a part of it. And Paul then also stepped forward. He wrote an article in the mid-1950s for Mechanics Illustrated on how to build an airplane for less than $800. And that really got the attention of a lot of people who were hobbyists and aviation enthusiasts and so forth and started the organization on its way. And it's grown today to include 270,000 members from more than 100 countries. All of those people are passionate about the, the freedom of flight and uh, sharing that feeling of flight uh, with others. And that's where we are today with EAA. It's interesting looking at the origins. Um, my grandfather was someone who flew in World War II, and there are so many veterans for whom this was a huge part of their service, where they, where they were in planes all the time, they come back, maybe some become pilots, but so many go on to other things. And to have this kind of space where you can engage in something that was so much a part of your life is, is a really interesting experience. When you look back into the history of the EAA, what are the things you're most proud of? Well, you're exactly right when you talk about uh, veterans coming out of World War II and the Korean era. Uh, we trained so many pilots, tens of thousands of pilots during that era, who got a taste of flight. Uh, maybe it was the first time they'd done that. We want to go fly with the Navy or the Army Air Forces and came back and wanted to continue to fly. And this was a way they could do it economically. And they supplied the first great impetus of the organization in its membership. But when you take a look at what EAA has done through the years, it created an entirely new segment of recreational aviation where there was not one before. You had a few hobbyists throughout the country who would build their own airplanes as back early. Well, I guess you could say the Wright brothers were the first airplane builders, but you know, there were people building Heath airplane kits back in the 1920s, uh, building things such as peat and poles, but really formulating that together to standardize it, to say, here's what we want to do. Here's what we want to do to improve safety. Here's what we're looking for, how to share it and so forth. So some of the things that we're most proud of, first of all, is bringing that element of standardization to amateur built aircraft uh, and looking toward ever improving safety. Uh, another thing we're very proud of is what our our fly-in, our convention has become in Oshkosh every year, the world's largest fly-in convention with more than 10,000 airplanes and more than 600,000 people in attendance. Also, we're very proud of sharing the legacy of flight with a new generation. And as we look ahead toward the technology, toward the possibilities in flight, we're very enthusiastic about that. 
Uh, our Young Eagles program has flown almost 2.3 million kids free of charge to introduce them to aviation. And a lot of those young pilots now are out there uh, flying for the military or for airlines. And it's it's incredible to see. So those type of things, uh, maintaining the legacy of home building, uh, bringing people together in a way to enjoy it, and looking out for the future are probably the three things that we're most proud of in the organization. Well, I look forward to seeing what is next for the EAA. Dick, thank you so much for joining us here on Lake Effect and sharing your work. Well, my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Dick Nipinski is the Director of Communications for the EAA, the Experimental Aircraft Association. The organization is celebrating its 70th anniversary this week. 